when Andy was letting me know that he was going on vacation and everything and asking me, hey, would you mind filling in? I was like, sure. When are you leaving? And he was like, oh, you know, the Sunday after Christmas. And I'm thinking to myself, you gave me the lowest Sunday. <laughs> Everyone's coming off this high off Christmas and everything else. And I just have to show up and everyone's been listening to all these lessons. We've done Christmas wrapping and all these different things. And I'm supposed to show up and talk about what, right? Because we've just had weeks upon weeks, the Advent season of preparing for the coming of Christ. And then we show up the next Sunday and we're starting to do this next step. Because the, the funny thing about from Thanksgiving to Christmas is we take all of the bad things, all the junk, all the negativity we've experienced through the whole year, and we put it in a little box and we say, all right, for the next few weeks, I can pretend like that doesn't exist. I can focus on being good or being kind, getting gifts for people, baking, uh, in my case, probably burning something every once in a while, right? I can wrap presents, I, I can connect with loved ones, I can forget when the garbage truck comes, you know, all, all of these little things that make the holidays neat. But then the 26th happens. And we slowly start to unpack our box. And we start looking at everything and start saying like, okay, well, I, I've put this off to the side for a while. I, I think I need to refocus. How do I make this better? How do I know what comes next? Or that didn't go well. Next year, I have to make sure that I completely avoid him or her or this situation. And for New Year's, we, we start doing goals. And that is great and all, but that box we still have to deal with. We actually have to wrestle with the things in the box. We don't, we don't get to just make a checklist and dive right into it. Or at least that hasn't worked for me yet. And I would venture to say it hasn't worked for you guys yet. You know, all of those are hard questions. What do we do next? What do we, what do, we do after Christmas? And if you're not a believer, the process you probably go through for goal setting is I'm going to evaluate what I did wrong. I am going to try and be better in the present and do better planning. Like more or less, that's kind of your, your goal setting method. I'm going to look back. I'm going to try and see what I did wrong, make sure I don't do those things. And I'm going to plan better. And that would be the end of the message, right? We, we would figure it out. That's what you're supposed to do from here until New Year's. You got your goals handled and you're good to go. But as Christians, as Jesus followers, our steps are different. As, as Christians, yes, we look to the past, but we look to the past to understand where we didn't speak life into. As Christians in the present, we're, we're not just trying to make adjustments, we're, we're trying to commune with God. And then looking, looking forward, we're, we're preparing. We're preparing for a calling. 
because we know eventually God will call us to something. It's not an if, it's a when. And whether or not we are going to be ready for that. Now, if I was supposed to look at 2020, the last year has been a whirlwind. And over the last few years, we've been talking, or last few weeks, we've been talking about like the chaotic season of Christmas and how wild the last few months have been, right? We've had things from social unrest, financial hardships across the board for everyone, our health, fear, a lot of anxiety, sadness. But the dirty secret we don't want to tell ourselves is that those things existed before this year. We don't want to be honest about the fact that 2020 didn't invent sin. It might have shone a light on some weak spots. We might have recognized some new things, brought anger to others, but it's not new. This year, as crazy and chaotic as what it is, wasn't new. Pain is pain regardless of the year. Heartbreak is heartbreak regardless of when it happens. Financial struggles come and go in life. I think this year just showed we had a lot of stock in those things. But those things were still broken. Uh, Marks 7, 20 through 22. Because it's from within, from the human heart, that evil thoughts come. As well as sexual immorality, stealing, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, cheating, shameless, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. I don't know about you guys, but the human heart didn't just show up this year. I mean, it's right there. It's, it's something that our hearts produce. I think what we're struggling with as a community is we recognize for some of us the first time or the first time in a while that we're not much better than we thought. We haven't made it as far as we thought. And the Bible even says how much we will wrestle with sin continually. But if we're sitting there saying, okay, well, so sin is the problem. I can't fix it. So what am I supposed to do? And over the next few minutes, we're actually going to journey through that. Because as we prepare for the new year, for what, to, what we want to do next, it is going to be about recognizing the shortcomings of 2020, understanding the meaning of Christmas and the coming of Christ in the present, and then preparing for the calling that God is going to do. Does that make sense with you guys where we're going? 
All right. Personal story time, because I like to tell stories, and I think that's the best way to communicate with you guys. Uh, if I had to be honest with you guys, when it, when it comes to figuring out God's calling, that is probably where I struggled the most. Uh, this year, because if you guys know me, you'll know that I went through a job transition at the end of this year. And if you don't know me, well, now you do. Well, there's that. And everyone always wants to ask, what's next, right? Oh, what's the thing you have planned? Oh, I know God has a calling for your life. God is going to do great things through you. And every time I hear those phrases, I'm like, cool, what is it? Can you tell me? Because I, God hasn't texted me yet. And I'm sitting there waiting, and they, they seem so sure of it. And I'm there, and I'm just lost. And if I look back at 2020, I'm, I think a lot of it is, as believers, when we were called, we didn't recognize the call because we were looking for something else. And what that meant for me was changing what I thought a calling was, right? It wasn't a job or a position. God is going to use your gifts and your talents in ways that you have no idea. But your calling, the one that God bestows in your heart is different because God doesn't call you to a job to take. He calls you to a way of life that is a response to the brokenness of sin around you. God is calling your life to change and be active, responding to the brokenness around you. That's what he calls you to. And yes, sometimes that's speaking up front, right? Sometimes that's playing music like Mike and he's great at it. But every single person who is claiming Christ still gets the calling of responding in a lifestyle to the sin around them. Responding in empathy, compassion, forgiveness, grace, to walk humbly with God. That is the calling. To be salt. And we drop the ball on that a lot. I do because I want to decide my calling has to be this specific thing because I have this talent. And I forget that I'm being called to respond in the moment. Always and consistently. Uh, there's a verse in Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. And, and yes, we are called to all of those things, but we, we miss our calling in the moment. And that was our greatest shortcoming this year. Right? If 
we're talking about political unrest, were we more concerned with being right than being a servant? When we talk about financial shortcomings, were we more upset and wanting to control our finances with a clenched fist than helping the least of us? In our broken relationships, was it more about digging your heels in than acting out in forgiveness? For me, it was sometimes. And that's what 2020 showed me. That I kept falling in this trap of my calling has to be a job or a thing. And my response in the moment, uh, that's on the back burner. And it's not. We missed it. The most infuriating part of that is that we know that. We know that it's true that we miss the mark on that, on how we respond in the moment. Uh, I always like to think of Paul because I think Paul speaks for all of us. And it's one of those quotes that we all end up saying all the time or you learn in church and, and stuff like that. Uh, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want. And I do the very thing I hate. Things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do. An apostle said this. So why is it any different for us? It hasn't been for centuries, right? And so when we take a step back from the year, we're starting to realize that the issues that we're struggling with are not new. That our response to things have been lacking forever. But that only changes when we start to dig down and understand what the coming of Christ and Christmas means. Right? We, we can't prepare for the new year until we get the Christ part. And we have to get that part right. Uh, my wife is probably going to laugh at this because every single day she tells me not to park in front of the mailbox. <laughs> Repeatedly. Tells me over and over, why are you parking in front of the mailbox? You're making things difficult for the mailman. Every time. And I, I come home and I park in front of the mailbox. Ah, oh, I just forgot. I just, that's my spot. I like it. And a few weeks ago, I ended up parking in front of the mailbox again. This had, honestly, this had to be like the third week in a row. And I park in front of the mailbox. And, you know, our, our mail person comes roughly like two hours after we, we get back from work. And so I'm sitting there and our, our dog starts barking. And I check my phone, we have a little ring thing, and, in, and I'm seeing the mail carrier there. I'm like, oh, man, she's about to chew me out. <laughs> I've, I've been parking in front of this mailbox for weeks. I make her job harder every single day. Not intentionally, but because, honestly, I'm probably a little lazy. And so I go up, I, I open the door, and this lady hands me my mail. 
and starts telling me how nice our decorations are. She's like, oh, it's very nice. And we start talking with a smile on her face, tells me to have a Merry Christmas. And the funny thing is, since that moment, I try really hard not to park in front of the mailbox. (laughs) Because she decided to be direct, and instead of coming with condemnation, she decided that I'm going to build a relationship. And y'all, that is the ultimate call. The best call you get is the one that's direct. And that's what Christmas is. Christmas was about a direct call to you. Where God said, hey, I know you get this wrong sometimes. I know that it's hard. I know that it's difficult. But I am going to go with you. I'm going to go to you and start a relationship. Because you're not getting it. And when we get a direct call, that's powerful, right? When someone comes to you, looks you in the eye, it changes how how you behave, how you respond to them. And if we recognize that that's what Christmas is, then we also have to recognize that we need to change. Because if I was willing to do all that for a mail carrier, what am I going to do for the God of the universe? Right? And and we've spent weeks going into Christmas, so I'm not going to spend weeks talking about Christmas, but it is a question if we recognize that the coming of Christ is this great event worth celebrating, then what is the change? Because we can't celebrate it and go back to the day before. We can't do that. We, we light trees up and we give presents and we come to church and we sing carols and it is the greatest birthday party ever. But it is still a direct call. It's someone extending out their hand and saying, I want to start a relationship with you. And you don't ignore that. That changes you from the inside. Is that tracking with y'all so far? So we, we look back at 2020 and we realize that we had shortcomings and we're, we're not necessarily responding to the call God has placed on our lives. And we, we have to change our definition on what the call is, that the call isn't just a job or, or a profession, but the call is a change to lifestyle, to the sin that's around you. And we weren't getting the call the first few times. And then Christmas happens. And here's the ultimate call up. He's calling you to the major. He's saying, hey, this is it. I'm here for you. Let's do this. And you, you might get ready and you say, yeah. Then what? What's the next step? And honestly, we we act like that's a big secret, right? 
and we say like, oh man, I don't know. They've been telling me stuff at church. I, I've had friends who have told me this and I, I don't know. I'm just not getting in and everything. And it can be difficult. It's not an easy road. But I do think the steps are a little bit simpler than what we make them to be. It is not this secret that God was like, ha ha, I got you. No. He wants to prepare you for when you're called next. And he does that in, in, in three ways. The first is through prayer. Consistent prayer. Here. I actually have a verse for you guys. Surprise. And in James, he says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. How many of you guys think of prayer as active? Right? But what does that mean? Is that just, all right, I sent my prayers up and God is going to do something with it? Or is the act of prayer also God coming down and changing you from the inside? I, I think sometimes when we think about prayer and we're going out and we're, we want to be prayer warriors, right? But that is a powerful thing. Powerful thing. Now, you may not always get what you wanted, but even just the act of going through prayer brings you in a closer relationship with God. And sometimes when we don't get the things we want, I would venture to say that we weren't praying with the right heart to begin with. That we were treat treating God like a vending machine. As opposed to actually turning things over to him. Because there's a difference in that. So we, we have to pray because that's where our power comes from. If we're going to be called into the field at any step, we need the power of Christ. That, that, that's it. You can't do it by yourself. I can't do it by myself. Second thing, you got to be in the word. I know that sounds tedious. It, it is for me sometimes. Honestly, there are weeks where I just say, you know what? I work at a church that's okay. But it's not. It's not. Because in 2 Timothy verse 3, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You wouldn't want to go to, to a job without the tools, would you? Right? When we, when we go to work, 
or if you're going to school or anything like that, you got to have the right stuff with you. And the, the scripture, the word of God equips you for that. It sharpens you for that. It prepares you for that. Because the word is also active. So here we are with the prayer being powerful and moving in us. And then we have the word ready to pull out, ready to meditate on, ready to grow on. But we're still, we're still a little short if we're going to be ready for what God calls us to next. The third thing is the hardest one. We have to relinquish control. We got to be able to turn it over. In our prayer, we need to turn it over. We will read through the word. He'll tell you, turn it over. But that's the one we get stuck on. And then when we go out for the next year and we say we have all this stuff we want to accomplish, when it gets hard, we hold on tighter. We don't want to let it go. But we have to. We can't pick and choose when we want Christ to be in the center and when, when we don't. We can't do that. Because Christ didn't pick and choose what parts he wants to love. He didn't pick and choose when he came down for Christmas. And we just talked about, about how Christmas was this large, miraculous event, right? That starts the story of a process that covers the sins for everyone, all of them. So if we're going to use all when it comes to God and Jesus and Christmas. We have to use all when we talk about giving it up. He can't do all and we say, eh, just a little bit on our side. It's a relationship. It's a direct call. So we have to relinquish control. In the next few days, we are going to do this weird little dance for a few weeks where we sit there and say like, all right, what's next? It's a new year. I'm ready for it. I want to prepare for it. And now that we've gone through Christmas, we want to rev up. And that's great. And that's exciting. But don't let what happened at Christmas not change you. Don't let Christmas not change how you respond to the call God has placed. And again, the call is not just a profession. The call is not just going to a place. The call is how you act. That's what it says in scripture. And as the Holy Spirit moves in you, you feel it too. I've seen you guys when you serve or do something nice. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I see the smile on your face. That's how I know the call is real. So now are you going to take that mentality into next year and say in 2021, I am going to respond to the call. Not just once, not just twice, but daily. But I'm going to prepare for that now by being active in prayer. 
being deep in strict scripture in the word and actually giving up my control of things and understanding that the creator of the universe wants it all. That way I'm free just to love. To be with my neighbor, to be in my marriage, to be with my family, to be a great coworker or employee. I can be all of those things. Because my only goal, my only call is to respond to Christ. Christ. 